0: Unsolved Mysteries, Cold Cases, and Complex Crimes. This is Angie. And Lily. And we're Partners Partners in Crime. Crime. Every Sunday, you can join us in investigating and exploring
1: these cases that are confusing, puzzling, and downright spine-chilling. Today, we're
0: investigating the case of Rochelle Robinson and Michael Johnston.
1: These two were in their mid-20s. They were from Tacoma, and Robinson was actually 19.
0: Yeah, so um, this was in the 90s, 1994. And um, Rochelle and Michael were having an affair.
1: Yeah, so Michael was married, and he had kids, right? Yeah. Yeah, he had kids, but he was having an affair with Robinson, and they
0: would often play Magic the Gathering together. Yeah, so they were playing Magic the Gathering the night they were killed. Um, Johnston was found by uh, Robinson's car with a gunshot wound and slash wounds.
1: But Robinson was found five miles away under a cardboard box. She had much more violent wounds, yeah, uh, lots of stab wounds and slash wounds. And she was also wearing Johnston's T-shirt inside out.
0: So um, according to forensic evidence, Michael was handcuffs handcuffed and then forced to kneel in front of the car. Um, I think the the main target of the crime was Rochelle.
1: Yeah, Rochelle was definitely the main target, and I think it was a crime of passion. That's one of the main theories. But... Oh,
0: sorry. You're good. Well, because hers were... Her wounds were a lot more violent. Yeah, they
1: were a lot more violent, and um, Michael just seemed like a passive victim.
0: Mm -hmm. So, okay. Um, There was a friend of Rochelle... And this is kind of where it gets a little interesting. Um, They thought that someone was stalking her. Yeah, she had a friend at
1: work who said that some guy would come into work and, like, stalk her. Uh, And there's, like, a a vague description of him, but they never,
0: like, identified anyone. Yeah. Um, He followed her home, would come to her work, stared at her. So that was one of kind of the suspicious things that they had mentioned.
1: Yeah, and it kind of ties into the box because Mm -hmm. um, someone suspected that this stalker worked at a glass company Mm -hmm. and they would need like specific boxes for the company. So it might have been connected to that.
0: Yeah. Um, So after the murder, Michael's wife, who he had been cheating on... (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) Yikes! <laughs> um, he or er, she hired a private investigator named Jim Wright,
1: and Jim hired a psychic named Nancy Meyer to help with the case. And she proposed that this murder was the result of some occult practices.
0: Yeah. So she heard one one little glimpse of yeah. Magic the Gathering and took that. Um, no mention of the stalker or anything. Mm-mm. It was. Um, She was convinced that it was due to their fascination with the occult. Um, She thought that there was a killer and two accomplices Mm -hmm. that came up to the car and stabbed Rochelle and then killed Michael in a different location. Yeah. So the police, though... um, uh, this sounds a little bit more realistic. Yeah, they kind of disregard. That. Yeah, she she's kind of not really a <laughs> credible source. Yeah. But um, so yeah, like you said, the cardboard box was kind of an interesting point because um, it it was kind of strange. Like yeah, and why? it was
1: there's um evidence that was brought to the site by the killer so Mm -hmm. it wasn't already at the site of the murder
0: yeah so it could indicate um you know what the killer may have been what his occupation may have been yeah Um, but as
1: of now uh it still remains unsolved there are no like concrete
0: suspects yep and um it was i mean to me if we're talking about what i think um i mean the stalker sounds pretty yeah that legit. sounds like the most the most viable option yeah i mean you know like the they say that it's usually the people that you know or have seen before mm-hmm. and not some random person yeah um maybe an ex-boyfriend um right. but yeah so still
1: remains unsolved. Yeah, and that's the case of Michael Johnston and Rochelle Robinson. And then another case in Washington is the Dan Cooper case. This
0: yeah, one is so really gonna interesting. so we're going to talk about the Dan Cooper case. So this was in the 70s, so a bit Yeah, earlier. it was Thanksgiving Eve, mm-hmm. 1971. And so a man called Dan Cooper uh, came to the Northwest Orient Airlines in Oregon. Oh, maybe this isn't. But he flew to Washington. oh, yeah. okay. I was like, um so he uh bought a one-way ticket on flight 305, um yeah, to Seattle, Washington. A little too close to home. <laughs> <laughs> in SeaTac. <laughs> yeah. And began began one of the m- greatest unsolved mysteries in FBI history. So, yeah, this is a big, big one that stumped the FBI.
1: Yeah, so he demanded 200,000, four parachutes, and a fuel truck to be waiting for him when he landed in Seattle. And the airline agreed.
0: Yeah, so they, in all the sources we researched, it described him as a man in a suit, mid-40s, black tie, white shirt unassuming um and he handed the lady with uh, a note the stewardess a note saying that he had a bomb Mm -hmm. so he
1: hijacked this flight and after landing in sea he kept some of the crew members but he let the rest of the people go um and he had The passengers give him money and supplies and then set the pilot on a course to Mexico City Uh and somewhere between Seattle and Nevada, Dan Cooper parachuted out of the plane and he was never found again.
0: Yeah. So no one ever found any real leads on this, honestly. Um, Apparently, the FBI had a 40 foot long file on the case (laughs) considered over thousands of suspects, but none of them have been charged. Um, there was one person named Richard Floyd Floyd McCoy. Um, and he had apparently committed a similar hijacking mm-hmm. um, five months after Cooper's flight. But he was ruled out because there's a very specific description of Dan Cooper. And there's a lot of um, sketch artists. Yeah, there's a lot
1: of sketches. It's gotten pretty yeah.
0: detailed, but
1: no one's been convicted. Mm-hmm. It is possible that... Cooper didn't survive the jump, It's we
0: really don't know what happened. Yeah, I mean, they said that uh, he had jumped into the wooden air area and in the middle of the night, so he likely didn't survive. Um, and the only clue that they got was in 1980, so 10 years later, when a young boy found a rotting package full of $20 bills, almost $6,000, that matched the ransom money serial numbers.
1: Yeah, and so, so uh, in 2016, even after that small lead, the FBI announced that they were no longer investigating. They gave up. Yeah, they They're, gave up.
0: <laughs> they were like, "I, you know what, <laughs> there's, there's no one, yeah, we can't figure this one yeah. out. Um, there's, I mean, this one has been, Uh, captivated a lot of people's attention yeah it's really interesting Um, yeah i saw a bunch of like uh, experts quote unquote online that have been trying to track this case down yeah
1: there's a lot of threads on theories
0: and stuff yeah um but other than that it is still unsolved yeah so thank you for tuning in to our first episode of partners in crime thank you Um, we will have many more to come on Seattle Uh, probably next week we'll talk about serial killers some more famous cases yeah maybe some Ted Bundy yeah Zodiac yeah so we'll definitely get into that hopefully you'll tune in uh next week so thank you see ya